Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode one of Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy. Yay, we're here. (laughs) We made it. So we're recording our first podcast today here at our corporate headquarters. We've done a lot of background work on how to develop and bring you the best podcast possible. That's right. (laughs) We did all of our homework to try to bring you guys the best podcast that we can. We're so excited about this. And we thought maybe today we just talk a little bit about uh, why uh, we would do a podcast and why would we bring you direct access to Oxford Physical Therapy. And one of those big whys is turning into a what, Matt. What is direct access? I'm why did we choose to c- include that into our title? I'm glad you asked, Allie. <laughs> That's a great question. And I think Rosie can shed a little bit of light first on it. When she first came to work with us, Rosie, tell me what you, you thought about in your story. Uh, about the podcast or about well, yeah the, just about direct okay. access after your first day the yeah. story you told me so when um we were trying to come up with marketing ideas um i went to i was, went home trying to think like what should we do to market our company and i thought podcasts podcasts are huge right now like People listen to it in their cars, at work, and I thought it was a great way to bring the community involved and kind of have an inside look of the company. And then also the direct access part. Not many people know about it. I know for one, like when I was talking to Pete about it, I went home and I was telling my mom like, oh, we're gonna be talking about direct access on our flyers. And her immediate response was, well, what is direct access? <laughs> and from talking to like you and Ken and I learned a lot more about it, but that was the first time I've really actually heard this term. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can explain it better than I could. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's uncommon. Um, I think that most people uh, don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, as one of the hallmark missions of our company, we feel like is to educate and serve the community. And uh, kind of at the heart of that, we feel like we need people to understand that they do have options. And direct access is a great option. And so, What direct access means is that you can come straight to a physical therapist in Ohio or Kentucky for physical therapy services, evaluation, treatment, and we can bill directly to your insurance. And that's a law, actually, I'm kind of dating myself here, that went back uh, almost 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. And I remember being in PT school um, when that law was passed, and we were so excited. It was like, oh my gosh, we have direct access. We thought the world was going to change. And come to find out, not that many people were using direct access. And so, again, at Oxford Physical Therapy, we feel like we want to lead, and we want to kind of lead the field. And so we are the region's largest provider of direct access. And we really want patients and community to know you can come straight to physical therapy. You don't need a prescription or referral. Come to physical therapy. Let us get the ball started and let us use our expert skills in musculoskeletal to figure out what is the next step. Maybe it is physical therapy, maybe it's something else. Yeah, Matt, that's interesting you bring it up because we talk a lot about direct access on our website and all over our social media pages, but a lot of people don't actually know where it is or what it is. So 
it's important for us to kind of take this podcast um, to just try to explain it deeper and like how it affects everybody's life. So a lot of the questions that we do get is, does insurance cover direct access? Do I need insurance? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, at the heart of, you know, anything medical is, what is it going to cost, right? Um, so at your, to answer your first question, yes, for sure. Insurance does cover direct access. There are some insurance plans, uh, Medicare being one of them, that do require a prescription. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't do what we call a B visit, which is where we would interact with someone for five or ten minutes and do a free assessment, give them an idea about the next best step. Um, but for them to use a Medicare plan, they will have to have a prescription. And we're happy to facilitate that process. We can always reach out to their family doctor and, and help educate um, the family doctor about maybe they you know, just came with a question. We decided that they might need some physical therapy. Family doctor's on the same page. You know, Obviously, you know, not that many people are active. Not that many people are being proactive about their health. So uh, physicians are excited when we call them and we say, hey, we just saw Mrs. Jones, and she wants to do some physical therapy. They're like, heck, yeah, I'll sign up for that. So they generally have no issue with that at all, uh, getting their Medicare patients motivated. But for 95% you know, of people out there, um, you know, through regular insurance, direct access is covered and not an issue. Um, also, what if someone does come to us in a direct access? Um, what would be the protocol if we can't help them in physical therapy? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, when we started, you know, going back to what I was saying back in PT school, they started actually changing how PTs were educated. So um, there was a lot of preparation to get ready for direct access. And so they began over 20 years ago um, teaching physical therapists how to screen, how to evaluate, how to look for things that were treatable and were issues that were physical therapy appropriate, but also how to recognize issues that needed referral. Um, needed someone else to look at or needed a specialist. And since Oxford Physical Therapy is independent and private, we're not associated with any one particular physician or hospital um, or referral source. So we can refer someone to the best experts in the area, and we have our internal list of who those sources are. So we know who's the best person for a shoulder problem, who's the best person for a knee problem, who's the best you know, person for X, Y, and Z problem. And so um, what we can do is we can evaluate the person if they're not appropriate for physical therapy, or let's say we evaluate them and we do a one or two week trial of physical therapy and they're not progressing, we can help them take that next step. And especially in today's environment, a lot of times insurance companies require that someone does a trial of physical therapy before they can take the next step in the medical system anyway. So as an example, they may have to complete a certain course of physical therapy before they could get an MRI or before they could Actually, go on to a specialist. I had back I had back pain like yeah. maybe a year ago and I went to Juliet next to our Mason <coughs> and she tried to like stretch me out and she did a B visit on me mm -hmm. and basically she was just trying to figure out like what was actually wrong with me because we didn't know if it was my back or if it was actually my hip mm -hmm. and I she said like I think like I don't exactly know what's wrong because I had weird symptoms like really uncommon symptoms mm -hmm. um, and she's like I think maybe you should go to a doctor to get an x-ray so we can get a better look of what is actually going on and that actually really helped so the thing I like about it is that 
if they don't honestly respect me now, they're not gonna kind of BS it. They're gonna be like, okay, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I really enjoyed about <clears> it. And I think what our um, the you know the physicians that we do work with really appreciate is that um, when we send them a patient, we're able to give them our opinion of what's going on, and so that's kind of a jump start for them. So as a patient, our patients benefit from that because now they have two heads thinking together and looking at this issue versus we've all been in that situation when you meet a doctor for the first time and it it takes a little bit of time for them to get to know you, for you to get to know them. Yeah, and so if you had a jump start in that, if you had someone that was going to be your advocate in the process and say, hey, this is what I think is going on or this is what I've noticed because, you know, in our environment, what's great is in physical therapy, we're going to spend so much more time getting to know the patient and getting to know their injury and their issues than a physician would just because we have that time available to us. In a typical you know, situation, we may spend an hour or an hour and a half with a patient over a couple of days a week, over a couple of weeks. So let's say it is that example where we're like, hey, Rosie, I think you have an issue. Let's try a couple of weeks of therapy and see if we can get this under control. Maybe we do two weeks and you know, we're not making headway. At that point, we've already spent four or five hours with you. I mean, that's a huge amount of time, yeah. and especially for a medical professional. So now we can give a report to the next person that we might need to refer you to, and they're going to have that information to keep your care moving in the right direction. Matt, you mentioned um, a lot of referral sources and doctors um, that we can send a patient to or if a patient's coming from them. What happens when um, a patient gets a script from their doctor and it's not for us? They don't get a script to come to physical therapy at Oxford Physical Therapy, what can they do? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, we're private and independent, so we do work with any physician out there. Um, you know, we see uh, patients from physicians that are outside of the area. Um, our first office being the Oxford Clinic is obviously in a college town, so a lot of patients um, may transfer into that area. For example, maybe they had a surgery over the summer and they come to Oxford for school and all of a sudden now they need a physical therapy provider. We're well versed in working with patients that are outside of the area, patients that have outside physicians, and honestly, the majority of the prescriptions that we get do not have Oxford physical therapy at the top of it. Um, Patients are coming to us because we're very convenient or they've had a friend or family come to us and they're referring us and saying, these guys do a great job why don't you go there and see them? So it's a lot of word of mouth referrals and it doesn't matter what's at the top of the prescription. You know, um, think of it like a prescription that you might get for a medicine. You know, if you get a prescription from your doctor for ibuprofen, you know, it doesn't say Walgreens at the top of it. It doesn't say CVS at the top of it. It might say that physician's practice name, but you take that prescription to any pharmacy out there. And that's no different with physical therapy. It's just like a prescription you take to any pharmacy. Uh, And we're going to fill that prescription, you know, just as uh, Walgreens or CVS or Walmart has an obligation to fill that prescription, we're going to do the same with your prescription for physical therapy. I like that metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. It's a good way to describe it to people who don't actually know what their rights are as a patient. Yeah, and again, I mean... Like I said, one of our hallmark missions is to serve and educate and lead in the community. And we feel like this is a way that we can get that point to patients and help them understand that they do have the right to choose. So, yeah. 
to be honest, I think it's really not really talked about, like you said earlier. And I feel like in the United States in general, it's just kind of like you need to do this, this, and this, like each step. Where like in other countries, like in England and Canada and whatnot, <laughs> like they don't need a doctor's prescription. They can just go directly to the mm-hmm. person. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we're talking about direct access here, and it's been you know, a law in, in our area for over 20 years. Um, Which is crazy because I didn't know about it probably until like four years right. ago. Right. I didn't know until I started working here. And it's not widely known, you know. Um, but if you were in England or you were in Canada or you were in Australia and you, you hurt yourself, you know, you sprain your ankle or hurt your shoulder playing volleyball or something, um, the typical pathway there is you're going to go straight to physical therapy. Um, and you know, the way I kind of describe it a lot of times, the metaphor I use is, um, we all think about it with our eyes. You know, I wear glasses and contacts and I have for a long time. So if my eye prescription's off, I can tell pretty quickly and I don't schedule an appointment to see if I need to have my optic nerve reattached. I know that there's no issue with my optic nerve. I just need my glasses (laughs) prescription adjusted. I need a little bit of help, right? And so we kind of go in a different direction when we think about our bones and our joints and our muscles. All of a sudden, if my shoulder hurts, I schedule an appointment with a physician to see if I need to have the muscle reattached. And it's like, that's probably not likely the issue. I probably just need a prescription to tweak things a little bit. And that's what physical therapy does is a prescription for exercise. Yeah. I know it helps out my dad a lot because he's been in here some sort of shoulder surgery or something. And he he never really thought about going to physical therapy mm-hmm. it was always like i need to see the doctor first mm-hmm. and then i was like the more i work here and the more i tell them about it like at dinner time they got really interested and my dad's like hey you think i can get an appointment and i was like we can get you an appointment tomorrow heck yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah so. and i think that's the other uh you know important part to unpack uh, in this first episode about the podcast is yeah we're talking about direct access and what it means direct access to physical therapy but Over the last 20 years in a PT clinic, I can't tell you the amount of information that we've been able to transfer to patients, just tips and tricks and techniques and little things along the way. And I'm so excited about that in this podcast to bring that information um, to people in a format that they can save and keep and use along the way um, because it's so valuable. And I think it would just help them uh, give them little shortcuts and, and different life hacks for, for things, you know, um, about, you know, so many questions we answer over time, like, when do I use heat? When do I use ice? Just simple oh, questions yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, that confused on which one I have to use for, to be honest. I exactly. always have to Google it sometimes. Exactly. So, you know, that's the direct access. That's the other side of this is they're going to have direct access to that information and education so they can better take care of themselves Um, you know, and we're certainly here as a resource along the way, no doubt about it. Right. And we want to keep the information that we do give you guys, um, very relatable. And I mean, I think the other cool thing is, um, you know, if you look at the enthusiasm of our patients, our returning patients and our patients that have been patients for so many years, um, I think so many of them are excited to kind of peel back the curtain behind Oxford Physical Therapy and you know, see what happens behind the scenes and talk to, um, you know, our founders and talk to our partners and find out how did it all start and find out, you know, some just history about the company, which I think will be really cool, too, because 
there certainly are some, you know, exciting and fun stories along the way. Uh, and we think people will have a great time with that too. So Matt, we can't really continue to talk about what's going on in the world without bringing up the lovely coronavirus. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely what we're all dealing with right now. And one of the main factors why we chose to podcast, um, safely and soundly and getting the information out to people who would listen without being within six feet of them, huh? (laughs) Right. I think, um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot of layers to that onion. I'll start peeling a few (laughs) off here. So, um, you know, obviously, um, for anyone that knows or anyone that followed, um, any patients, any staff, obviously we're intimately involved. Um, you know, the first few months of this year were, were some of the toughest we've ever encountered as a company. Yeah. Um, I know personally, I think back to, um, you know, the day, the days, uh, just after March 20th, when we were closed Mm -hmm. and just the, um, the unknown, the scary unknown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still have a picture on my phone of one of our offices on a Monday that was dark and not a single patient in there. And, uh, I mean, literally I was fighting back tears looking at the picture, just thinking fighting about tears right now. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to me, it's personal. I just think about the patients that we would be serving they normally. They really are family. The patients are family to us. Yeah, and unfortunately, the way it went down, there wasn't a lot of notice. Uh, I, I mean, it's no fault of anyone's. It was just a product of the times and what we were dealing with as you know, as a community. And local legislation, I think, tried to do their best. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of uh, ability to help educate or escort our patients through that process so to me it felt very much like we were abandoning them yeah, um, an abrupt decision that no one really made but made for us right right so um you know that was kind of like you know day one and and we did the only thing we knew how to do just roll up our shirt sleeves and you know really get down to trying our best to care for our patients and educate our our staff and our community about what was happening um, so we were allowed to start some graduated work um, with urgent and emergent cases. Uh, and literally what it meant was uh, a few key people were going around and we were opening each clinic one day a week and seeing our patients that qualified for that. And at that time, um, you know, we didn't know what this virus meant. We didn't know if we would all get it. We didn't right. know what it meant if we got it. And we, would, we just knew that we had to help our patients. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how did you guys figure out, like, which patients needed it the most? Like, Yeah, so there was criteria given to us. Um, one of the difficult things that we had to look at is, since we do have presence in two different states, um, there was different information coming out at the time from local legislation and government in Kentucky and in Ohio. And so as a company, uh, we were trying very hard to have – one set of standards and how we were interpreting and processing this, but still be compliant with all of our state practice acts and information. Um, <clears throat> so the the term urgent and emergent, you know, was used by one of the states, and we just applied that term, uh, which basically meant that patients that were withheld care during that time could suffer worsening in their condition. And so that really kind of boiled down to a lot of our post-op and surgical patients. Uh-huh. Um, definitely fit that criteria. And then patients that, um, you know, had other conditions that might be um, nerve-related or 
scar tissue related where without our intervention it's going to be getting worse and worse and worse for them uh, and so you know it was tough because our mindset is always we can help everyone and we want to try to help everyone so it's very hard for us at times to say to a patient right now we, all we can do is talk to you over the phone or, or give you information um, you know, we quickly established some virtual visits and some online visits so that we could help people through that time. Um, but it wasn't what we normally did, and it wasn't how we wanted to really interact. Yeah, I just love it how, like, that's the excuse they would still call a patient mm -hmm. and be like, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Like, talking about stretches or seeing how they were. And I just think that's just really unique because mm -hmm. I don't know any other person or people that would do that for their patients to be honest and I think Matt's giving the nice version of what actually happened since he <laughs> is behind the scenes mostly on all of this and he did mention that you know it pulled on his heartstrings a little bit but I know that being you know up here at corporate things were probably going a little haywire just to try to figure stuff out but you know we're here we made it I would say almost halfway through if not all the way through um, we're definitely climbing back up the staircase but I think we held it together. Yeah, and so I think, um, you know, so what does COVID mean? Uh, obviously, at this point, you know, almost seven months into it, um, we have all of the safe procedures in place. Um, you know, we have everything that you would expect to keep patients and staff safe. And, um, you know, I'm very proud to say that's gone very, very well. Um, not that we haven't had issues that we've had to deal with, but we dealt with them expediently. We dealt with them in a very safe manner, and we've been able to continue to deliver patient care. Um, but specifically related to the podcast, um, you know, one of the biggest uh, springboards to deliver our message to people is events and face-to-face -face and community involvement. And obviously, um, even though we're doing care in our clinics, um, that all hasn't started back up again. You know, we're not doing events. There's no 5Ks. There's no... Um, lunch and learns. There's not the gatherings that we typically are used to to have the platform to talk to people. Uh, and so I think that's why uh, for me it was so important to be able to do this podcast and communicate digitally so that we can keep being a transfer of the right information. Because one of the things I've noticed, uh, you know, over 20 years in the clinic is obviously the internet has flourished over that time. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it's a great resource. But it can also be a very dangerous resource, uh, and patients often come in with the wrong information or the wrong knowledge, or they're trying an exercise they saw in a video and it's not appropriate for them or whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I think that we wanted to make sure that we could be there to communicate the right F, the right information, the right message, and get that information to people. And so, uh, I'm excited that this digital podcast offers that opportunity. Yes, we were excited to get the right information, not only quickly and responsibly to all of our listeners, but let you know that there are other digital options and ways to reach us and get the information on Oxford Physical Therapy and all of our tips and tricks. And that is not only here on this podcast, but on our website and social media pages. Um, there's always helpful tips and tricks from our PT, some videos, some fun TikToks that we've just started. <laughs> And I'm getting everybody in involved in, and you can find my face there on our TikTok as well, explaining some things about direct access. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think what's exciting to me is um, seeing, as Rosie alluded to, you know, kind of the passion in our staff. 
and, you know, watching them care for folks and, you know, watching them take uh, Oxford Physical Therapy just continually to that next level. Uh, and I can't be prouder of the staff and employees that we have. And that's never been more evident than through this time of COVID. And if I can say that's probably the one blessing, you know, one of the several blessings that I've realized is just um, just looking at the dedication of our staff and just the talented people that I'm blessed to work with on a daily basis. Yeah, and we have a lot of uh, big fans out there of some of our PTs. We get a lot of great reviews, especially now, you know, um, getting all these patients back in the clinic. We're, we're seeing a heightened of, you know, five-star reviews out there telling us how thankful they are to have someone to come back to after all of this. And I think that's a really good testimonial to, you know, not only our company, but all the employees that we have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I'm excited to talk about is is kind of, I know we're on episode one, but I'm already thinking episode two. <laughs> and I'm excited to uh, to talk, uh, you know, next week with our, our one of our co-founders, uh, Pete Zulia, and just get Pete's, um, you know, uh, perspective and kind of share um, Oxford Physical Therapy from its inception and, you know, w- what it means to him and, and what it meant then and, and kind of the transformation of then till now because, um, you know, I think it's pretty cool that the company sustained all these years and, and we're still growing. Yeah, I would, I'm excited to hear Pete's take and have you guys share your stories on how it all started because I'm sure it's not a short one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this company started before I was even born. <gasps> oh, my gosh. We're not going to date ourselves like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think that we covered everything we wanted to talk about. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it was a great first episode. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I think Matt's all excited about episode two, and Rosie and I are already thinking about episode 20. Woo! <laughs> so thanks, guys, <laughs> for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com, and you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!